0: Now I get to introduce Stephen to you. So I, I want to. Um, I heard you say earlier this morning um, that you were with Bethel for twenty-four years, twenty-one years, twenty-one years, as as the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer of Bethel, and which means that we've known you almost as long as you were there, because uh, Suzanne and I we got uh, we found out about Bethel over twenty years ago and started uh, started meeting them, and Stephen was one of the. Many, uh, just gracious, um, you know, generous people in that staff that just helped us to grow anytime we had issues, problems, financial or otherwise. If he could help, he would do so. And, um, you know, earlier today, I said to Stephen, uh, so I just want to repeat it to everybody I said, Stephen, I not only love you, but I like you, and uh, and I really do. He's so fun, he's just fun. Um, And and I feel like I I just said to him, too, I feel like that's just the father's heart. Like he says, I like you, son. Stephen has a grace. When it talks about receiving the prophet's reward, you honor the prophet and receive the word. It's talking about opening your heart up to what they bring, what they carry. And Stephen has an anointing to set the captives free. He does. And in quite a unique and wonderful and beautiful way. Uh, so, so, he's going to help with identity, he's going to help get rid of lies. All I'm saying is, he's safe, he's good, he's got the Father's heart. Open your heart up and say yes to what God has given him to bless us tonight. Amen. Can we welcome Stephen da Silva?
1: Thank you so much. That's really kind. Right there, there's a really important verse to me in Matthew and chapter 18, verse 18. You can. It's hard to see. That's fine. I'll read it for you. But um, I just want you to know that I really do know the Bible, because accountants are not known for their Bible stuff. So. But Jesus, you'll notice it's in red letters. You can't tell from where you are, but I can. Truly I say to you. So Jesus is saying, I'm not kidding. I'm serious. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. That should... We can't have a meeting without binding and loosing, because the enemy on the planet hates what God is doing. He hates it, because he is an orphan. He was orphaned out of heaven. The devil was sent away. He is roaming around really upset, and he can't do a thing to God. He's no match to God. You get that. The devil is nothing to God. He can't hurt us, but what he can do is confuse us and work hard to distract us. We're about to learn about one of the most powerful things on the planet that touches us every day, and this is money. Money is a spiritual power. And spiritual powers exaggerate whatever's right here. It makes this get bigger. We're going to talk about that. But I want to do it in an environment that's been bound and loosed. We're going to bind the junk, the static, of the enemy of our souls. We're going to bind even our wrong, crippled thinking. Things we've maybe learned from people we love, but it just wasn't good seed. We're not mad at them. We're just recognizing sometimes we have planted ideas and they have grown roots and borne fruit that we taste that is just not sweet. You with me? We're going to bind that stuff and any distraction the enemy would try to raise. And we're going to set it outside that door right out on the street. We're just going to take out the trash. Bind And we're going to loose the virtues of heaven. The things that God says would be normal at his house, we want in this place. Amen? What would those things be? Just think for a minute. What are the virtues of heaven? Like wisdom, knowledge, righteousness, peace, joy, obedience, courage. Think of some more. Close your eyes right now. What are the virtues you want to loose in this room? Put them on your lips. Humility. Yes, joy. Keep going. Thank you, Father. We remind ourselves of the rules of your house. And Father, in the name of Jesus because he told us to do this, we bind on earth what you have bound in your home. All the trash in this city, in this state, in our country, the things that are in the atmosphere we bind those. Things that I walked in with, say it on yourself, things that I walked in with that got into my heart and into my mind that are not like Jesus. We gather that right now in Jesus' name by faith. We gather it up, go around and collect it, put it in a pile. Father, we place it into a bag and we expel it. We call it bound outside. We take out the trash by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. And... Keep going, don't lose on, don't quit yet. We loose by faith the virtues of heaven. The things my father says are allowed in his home, we release. Tonight, tomorrow night, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Father, I dedicate our time. I pray that you would use us as brothers and sisters on our happy birthday eve. That, Father, we would grow. That what would happen to this group is that we would walk out stronger in your kingdom. Come. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. 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 Oh, it's so good to be here. I like you guys a bunch. You bunch of weirdos. But it's so good. I want you to close your eyes and picture... I'm one too, so don't worry about it. uh, we, We are just weird for Jesus, right? A peculiar people, that's okay. I want you to picture a staircase. This is a massive, mighty staircase. This staircase was... I think first engineered when Solomon, as a young boy, made a prayer. He said, God, would you teach me how to go out and come in before a nation as great as this? His father, King David, had just passed away. And Solomon is slipping into the robes of his father, and they don't fit. It hangs off his arms. It drags on the floor. And he's intimidated. He's been trained by his father, but the day has come. They say, here is the crown boy, and his first act is an offering, 1,000 beef, 1,000 oxen. What a barbecue, man. Just barbecued those babies up, right? Just cut them up and offered them to God. And the first prayer he said, teach me how to go out and come in. 20 years later, 20 years later, Solomon has grown into his robes. He is famous around the world to the point that a queen from the south comes to test him. That queen had a backbone, man. She was like, what do you got? Let's see. And he tests, she tests Solomon. And Solomon, it says that nothing was hidden from Solomon. Doesn't say he knew everything. And she came and like a library he just started doling out the answers it doesn't say that it says nothing was hidden from solomon i think solomon is sitting and here comes the queen and she asks this crazy question i don't know you know what she was asking probably like like we see with some other Interpretation of dreams in other places in the Bible. I'm speculating here. Do you remember there was a place where a king had a nightmare and he asked for an interpretation? And the problem is, when someone interpreted it wrong, they lost their life. He didn't tell them what the dream was, he said, Tell me the dream and then interpret it, right? There's a lot at stake guy says, "Um, I think you dreamt about kangaroo and kill him. Who's next? I mean, it's, it's on. That's the kind of test I think the queen from the south brought. Solomon answers, nothing is hidden. And the response from her own lips is, I have not heard the half of your wisdom, of your greatness. Think about it. I haven't even heard the beginning of your greatness. It says she saw the place, the table settings, and the attire, and the way that the the place was set, and all the bling, all all the cool stuff. And the staircase by which Solomon came out and went back in. It tells us in the Bible that the, the staircase at the top had the house of the Lord. I think Solomon discovered a secret. I think a, a staircase was built. And this is the staircase I want you to think. Because that is still standing The staircase is still standing. The word that's used for staircase means to arise. We see it the same answer for smoke in an offering that we would be a living sacrifice. We, that staircase is still standing. I want you to look at that and realize this staircase is a spiral staircase. It goes higher and higher. I believe this staircase is our portion today. There's a New Testament verse, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1. Write it down, but keep your eyes closed. No, I'm kidding. Looks like a four-year-old did it later. Like, who wrote that? 1 Corinthians 4.1 says that we would be known as servants of Christ and stewards of God's secrets. The word that we would be known, that refers to we would be recognized by the world. Outsiders would look at us and go, oh, that's one of those guys. That's one of the ecclesia and when they saw us, they would recognize us for two things serving Christ and handling God's secrets. That's amazing. Paul is saying, prophesying to us, we would be known, the world would recognize we are handling the mysteries that God whispers into our ears. Our ears, say, my ears. God will whisper his secrets. Is that possible? It's in the word. We would be known as servants of Christ and stewards of God's secrets. We would be known as recognized. This morning, we talked about a thing called a blender. Who was here this morning? Not many. There's this thing called a blender, you know, like on your counter in your kitchen. And God, that thing in your kitchen is actually just an image of something that God did. He gave us a heart that is just like that blender, that all that we believe sits down inside. It's smoothie time, guys. You can imagine that. It's smoothie time. We're putting all of our good stuff in there. All the things we treasure, those are our trusted beliefs. Those are things we learn from when we were little, tiny, about who we are, how safe we are, and who gives us what we need. Three things. Who we are, how safe we are, and who gives us what we need. We run around as little boys and girls and we figure all this stuff out because we're in a world of giants. Sometimes we get really good ideas, probably from our grandmother, who is a Bible-believing woman, right? And she's teaching us about the Bible. She's talking about this thing, and we're like, I don't really get you, Grandma, but I know that you love me, so I'm going to hang on to what you're telling me. But sometimes we learn other things that are not quite Bible. You know what I mean? I mean, I know that you guys have this figured out, but you might have a friend who doesn't. Is that fair? He, that friend of yours believes some things. They feel very true to that friend. But that idea in the ground over time produces bitter fruit. with me? This is the stuff we were binding a minute ago, and this is the thing we're going to work on tonight. We talked about this blender because all the stuff we believe lives inside of it. And when we have increasing power, the blender goes faster, does it not? It's like when we push the buttons on the front of the blender, it goes faster and faster. Now, first... The blender's just kind of bubbling around, right? And we we kind of look good, and we kind of show like we like we got it going. We got it together, and uh, and the problem with that is when we look like we have it together, we're acting faithfully. We show capacity. Can you go there? But then what happens is God is watching. Not because he's upset, because he just digs you, man. He thinks you're the coolest thing ever. Now, his angels know better, but God really likes us. And God is like, oh, my gosh, look at her go. Look at him go. He is really, she is really doing good. I think I'm going to turn on another button. The angels are like, oh, my word. Or whatever angels say. I ove, probably oive. Yeah. Oy vey. He said, watch this. And God brings his big old daddy finger down and he touches that next button on the blender. Now when that happens, the blender goes faster. Which may not make the stuff inside stay inside. Right? Because who's done that by accident and the lid pops off and it's just a lot of fun. A lot of tongues, a lot of joy in the kitchen when that happens, right? When stuff comes out of our blender and it's all over the walls, you know how that is. Well, God actually didn't give us a lid for our hearts. He didn't give us a lid. So every time we get promotion, that blender goes faster and stuff is going to come out. God designed it that way. Our job is not to hide it and keep it inside protected. Our job is to replace the junk, the bad seeds for and replace them with good seeds. So I think the stuff in your heart is all it all feels like truth. Otherwise we wouldn't keep it there as a treasury. It all feels really important and valuable. My story from my history and I've got a bunch, but when I was a kid I wasn't the hulking mass of muscle That I am today I was much smaller And skinnier It's back when I first started at Bethel Church I was about four No, I'm <laughs> kidding But I, lear- I watched my dad and I, and I learned how rage Made him safe and powerful So I decided To try it So I learned that rage makes me friends, sends away enemies, makes me feel safe and powerful. I embraced a seed, but I didn't know the nature of the seed until it began to bear its fruit. Are you with me? This fruit that we hold on to that is not Jesus' fruit that is not Jesus seed that is not the virtues of heaven those things i call little t can you go there it feels true that when i am tiny and a bully scares me if i puff up like a puffer fish or a cat and you know and do my thing the bad guy walks away And I feel safe and I can calm back down. This is a good thing. It feels true. But it doesn't rise to the Bible truth. So biblical truth, I would say, is big T. you with me? We have this blend in our hearts of big T and little t, and they all feel true. Without the Bible, it's hard to tell the difference. I mean, we can tell when we're breaking stuff that it's not Jesus. You know, my wife, when we were first dating, somebody cut me off in a car. And I rolled down my window, and I pulled up next to this person. And I just very carefully and accurately explained how wrong he was. It was for his own good. It was dangerous. He was a dangerous driver. I was using a thing that we call farmer tongues. We have tongues. My uncle spoke in a form of tongues to the cattle. When, he, when I was a kid, I used to listen. But it was, whoa, fire-breathing tongues. Different kind of fire, but nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? Fire Farmer tongues. So I practiced my farmer tongues out my window. <laughs> we came to an agreement. I rolled up my window. I'm driving along. And I feel that heat from, my wife, from my eye, the eyes of my wife. Do you know what I'm talking about, men? You know she's staring at you, but you're trying not to act like you notice? It's just like radiation off the side of my head. I'm just like... What? What? You got an anger problem, don't you? No. No, no, I was communicating. We were relating as men, I was explaining to him the dangerous habits he had as a driving driving style. So I began to see the fruit, the nature of the fruit began to reveal itself. Without the Bible, we lose track of what Jesus says is true. And so why are we doing this? Because this morning I shared about capacity. You see. There's a thing happening to the body of Christ. there is power coming back. God has his big old finger out and he is touching the next button. It looks like miracles and dreams and visions it looks like acts of faith looks like you know demonstration of uh, courage. Uh, in, in many parts of the world, people are even, you know, Brent was just talking about the the joining and blurring of lines. What a great way to look at what's going on. These things are happening. These things are going to exaggerate or turn on our blenders. I I remember reading a biography about a healer. Can't think of his name. But he became so renowned for his healing gift that he walked out One day out of his front door, no lie, documented history, and there were sick people on his doorstep, on his walkway, on his lawn, all the way out to the sidewalks and then down the street, cars and cars and cars and cars. He opened the door, closed it back in, snuck out the back and just went hunting because he was just so exhausted. You know, if you get the authority or gift or increase in your blender to do miracles, how would that change your life? I mean, think about it for a minute. What happens if if all of our talk begins to bear fruit? How would your life change if there was no limitation? I mean, actually, we have what the world is starving for and yet we're scared to death to take it. The reason we're scared is because it's real power. It's the real deal. And when power comes on us, the authority to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, when you start doing those things, it raises the speed in our blender, and stuff is going to come out. We're talking about Money tonight, because it is also a spiritual power. There are many types of spiritual powers around us. When I talk about biblical proportions of the gift of healing, those spiritual powers from God, those are ten times the power of anything that I'm talking about when I'm talking money. So if we back away from this, if we realize, wow, imagine my 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1 conversation. What if you were to be known as servants of Christ and stewards of God's secret? That means what if God whispered secrets into your ear in a way that you could make it manifest in your business, in your homes, in your children, in your marriage, in your family, in your neighborhood. This is the magnitude of power we are tinkering with. Why don't we have it? I think it's because we're afraid of it. I think, it, let's just back away to a smaller, a little cousin of that, in the sense of money is a spiritual power. Money is. When you have money, you get to do more. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but that's how that works. <laughs> when you got a little bit of money, you got a little bit of power. If you got no money, you still have some power. You have influence. You can pray. You can love. You can serve. you got power. But the more money you have, the more power you have. And the more power you have, the more exaggerated your blender's going to go. There's no end to how high God can turn your blender on, so... We got to figure out not how to hide what's in our blender. Do you get that? God didn't give us a lid. We can create a lid, and I think the body of Christ has been doing that way, way too long. We've been capping our stuff, and it is a, we should be ashamed. I hate to use the word shame because I hate shame. It used to be a friend of mine, and I sent him away, it, whatever that thing was. But I think I'll use it in this context. We should be ashamed of the stuff that goes on behind our Christian doors. It's just bad, man. we got to fix that. We're not going to fix it by creating lids and holding our stuff in because to hold in the exaggeration of our heart is to resist the engineering that God has established. It's not going to work. You get that? No matter how tight, all God has to do is just wait and let that blender just keep flowing like crazy or maybe even push one more button and boom, we're talking farmer tongues. (laughs) This is such an opportunity for us to not cap it but that means that stuff's going to come out of us. And this is what I want to do tonight. I want to spend a little bit of time hunting down the lies that we hold on to. Let's go ahead and hand that guy out. Brent and I'm my brother, my bushy brother, Dirk. These are going to hand out a little form. This, I built... Just for you guys, no lie. It's never gone anywhere else in the world. You're the first ones to see it. So it's a bit of an experiment. All that means is you're guinea pigs, OK. I want you to take it's literally going to take you probably one minute to go down there, on the left side, you're going to see questions. Who needs a pen or pencil? Raise your hand if you need a pen or pencil. There's one in here. I'll give it back to you, I promise. I'll give you my junkie one. I can't afford to lose my other. What we're doing... What we're doing is going on a hunt... We're going to use this little page over the next two days. And before I leave tomorrow, you're going to have the answers to these things. But what I want you to do is run through each question really fast. Just give the first answer you want. Well, first first answer feels true. Nobody is going to get your information. So be honest. I want you to read the question. And put a number in the white spot for each line somewhere between 0 and 6. 0 means it never happens. You see the example at the top? I always win at gambling. No, that never happens. So that's a 0. 0 through 6, throw down your answers, do it really fast, ready, set, go. Brent and Chuck are going to do an interpretive dance while you finish. (laughs) I, I can't believe that worked. That was a first. I've tried that with pastors in every place for probably a year, and no one has ever done it. Thank you. You're free. That's right. That's beautiful, and pretty gifted. I was I was impressed. It was pretty white, but it it, it was impressive. (laughs) Yeah. My style. Good job. Okay, who needs more time? Guys, a couple people. Okay, you couple people just wrap up. What I want you to do is you should have a subtotal for each of the columns. I want you to just notice that each column is labeled something. There's a protection column, a provision column, and a worth column. You see that? Now, the grand total number is the number I need you to keep. That's the number that I'll give you the cheat sheet for, but I'll do it tomorrow night. You have to come back for
0: this.
1: Got to come back for the actual answers. That's okay, because I just made all the answers up anyway, so. This is good. If you would, your name's not on the pages, right? What I would ask is to collect those back, but I need you to keep your numbers. Protection, a number. Provision, a number. Worth, a number, and then the grand total. Does that make sense? Yeah, why don't we collect them back, but only from the people that have recorded your answers. People are taking photographs. That's good. If you need to if you want to hang on to it, do that. Good job. What I'm going to do is study these deep into the night and pray over every one of these answers so that tomorrow all your problems will be solved, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Turn them all back in. That's good. Thank you so much. You have your numbers, right? You kept track of your numbers. Because what we're going to do is... If you have if you have numbers that are weighted in one column or the other it's just this this is a crude test it's a blunt instrument so that's why you didn't need to worry is it a 3 or a 4 or a 2 it's okay we're looking for evidence of echoes and things talking to you does that make sense yeah. and they f- tend to fall into three categories protection provision and worth we're talking about money tonight's goal is to study and evaluate inside of you I don't need to know what's going on inside of you but what I can do to help you is help you recognize that there is a theme to the to the negative talk that's going on the fruit that's coming out of those old seeds that were planted, okay? When we know that, we can begin to get some traction with the Holy Spirit around where did that come from? Another really interesting approach to the same survey, we didn't do it tonight, but think about it. You can answer the same survey relative to a region, Or a cultural, like a nationality. Yeah. Someone in Switzerland, if they answered, if I took a survey from the Swiss, it would be very different than from Guatemalans or Singaporeans or South Africans or wherever I might wander, Americans. And so you can begin to lift out of kind of that internal dialogue that's happening Which ones are cultural, which ones are personal experience, and which ones were maybe family culture? Does that sound good? I was going to, I might talk about this tomorrow night. What I want to do is is have you take a breath. (sighs) When I first started, we went back, and I reminded you that there is an author and perfecter of your faith alive right now, and he's writing a story. His name is Jesus. It tells us in in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith. He is writing your story. He is not going to write into your story your garbage, your little tease. Are you with me? He's going to write a big T destiny. So I want you to think, how would your life be if Jesus' story played out? Perhaps a little different than what we are experiencing today. Yeah? There is a gap. There is a story gap for you and I between what we are experiencing and what Jesus is writing. Is that fair? That gap can be bridged. In other words, we can pull out the little t's. We can ask Jesus, like, the numbers that we answered on that, and we'll review this thing again. We'll come back to your numbers tomorrow night, too. But the numbers that you put down are evidence that there is a shortfall between what you would write for yourself and what Jesus would write for yourself. But we can bridge that gap by asking the Holy Spirit wisdom, where did I learn the lie? Where did that thing get planted? A lot of us, it got planted when we were little. Now, here's a really important thing that I have found Jesus does. He reminds us of the time it, our little teas were planted. And when we go back and ask Jesus to take it out, it comes out like a little teeny weed. Now, we could go and say, God, this thing that my dad, I observed from my dad, you remember Rage? That thing grew into a mighty fruit tree in my life and was just spitting out rotten, bitter fruit until I finally discovered that's my problem. I believe in rage. Now, God, you could grab that tree, and do you think he could rip it out? With his pinky fingers. (coughs) Doink. It's not a thing, but that could be really disruptive. Amen? So I said, God, where did I learn that? Oh, my word, it was in the kitchen when he was yelling at my mom and won the fight and I was a little boy watching and when that thing got planted Father I recognized that is not big T I could surrender that right now couldn't I I could say when that was first planted I, I could surrender that lie now I can't go back in time because I'm a grown man but God is not bound by time I think if we do this right tonight, I'm going to teach you a skill that you can use over and over on the spiral staircase. See, every time we climb, every time we go higher, every time we move from glory to glory, the test gets higher and higher. The blender goes faster and faster. And when it goes faster and faster things we used to be able to contain suddenly start springing out. When something springs out, we don't hold it in. We repent, confess. Right? We know these things. And we use a a thing in the book of Matthew says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. We will not settle for our garbage. If we don't settle... We have the ability to co labor with Christ and close our story gap. You realize this isn't salvation. Salvation's a done deal. Are we good? Sometimes we get confused. This is one of the reasons we have to bind and loose when we talk about money. But I am so excited to reach the other side of this story gap in my life. But I recognize that every time I get closer to that gap, The blender is going to get faster and faster, and I have to be authentic big T inside. I can't be pretending big T inside. If I have little Ts, they're going to come out, and the little Ts, when they come out, they're going to hit the wall. Guys like our pastors are going to go, Stephen, what's that? I don't know. That's so weird. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. (laughs) that off? I don't know. I'll tell you exactly where that comes from. It comes from a little T down inside. There's an amazing verse. Let me just go pick on this for a minute. Here's my Acts reference. It's our birthday. This is a pretty sobering verse. Chapter, I should say. This is the Ananias and Sapphira chapter. Do you know that chapter? Woo! Sobering, sobering, huh? Yeah. I had a f- friend, she's, um, she's older than the Lord and just filled with wisdom. And she was telling me one day that in the days of this, it was a terror to be asked to leave the body of Christ because in the body of Christ, there was healing, there was, there was provision, there was protection. There were all these benefits in the body of Christ. You realize there was no health care plan in those days. There was no welfare system in those days, other than the, the Jews had one. That was their generosity thing, their whole tithe and all that jam. But here's the body of Christ, and they're a bunch of rebels in the Jewish eyes. And Rome, their captor, don't know who these dudes are. A bunch of weirdos, some little faction that's split off. They're very alone. And they start gathering together, and they, they start sharing one another. They are their own economic system. That's why we see in some earlier verses about how they were exchanging and selling and trading and giving and supporting one another because there was, that was their safety net. They were excluded by the Jews and by the Romans. So they started to build this network, and they saw this miracle coming after one after the other. Look at this. Verse 12 is the one I want to talk about, and we're talking about the blenders again. Think, keep this in mind. Think of the power that was displayed in the early church. At the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. So everybody was getting it. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. I love that. But none of the rest dared to associate with them. They are afraid to touch the Christians. Isn't that crazy? However, the people held them in high esteem. Christians were like, uh, don't mess with those guys. And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number. Think of the exaggeration of blenders in that day. Wow. Now I want to come back to our gap. When it comes to money and how you see yourself, think about the Test, the little survey we just took. Protection, provision, and worth were the three categories. Remember that? Protection means how we perceive we are safe. Provision means how we perceive we are cared for. Our needs are met. And worth is how we perceive our identity. Who are we? Those three sides represent a triangle. Do you know that triangles are the strongest geometric shape? Did you know that? They can bear more weight than any other shape. More than squares, rectangles, circles. Triangle's the powerful one. Protection, provision, and identity. The three sides of capacity. If you have damage to any one side of a triangle, think about it. If I put a brick on top of a triangle... And the brick is, and the triangle is strong. If it's whole, it will hold that brick. The brick can't smash it. But if one side or another is damaged in any way, that triangle loses its ability to hold the brick up. Can you see that? It just squishes. This is a secret weapon for you guys. I showed this little illustration this morning. Oh, I know. I know, right? I got five minutes and I'm going to land it. Who will give me five more minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. <laughs> okay. If you get done before me, you're welcome to go. <laughs> That's awesome. I was talking about this morning about cycles that we get stuck in. This is a person who's going around and around and around. Can you see that? Let's put it on the subject of money. It can be on a lot of different things, but let's just say in the subject of money, this person is going around and around. If we stretch that out over time, it would look like this. Do you agree? That represents someone who has an artificial lid. Do you see that? That's a generational pattern. Can you see that? You see, the reason this is a cycle that is repeating is because I'm going to draw a little triangle right there. This person did not have a strong triangle for capacity when they were at the test of wealth. When the blender gets turned on, that's the test of wealth when you have lots of opportunities and choices, when you can make many, many decisions, this thing called liberty is tested. Do you know the difference between freedom and liberty? Freedom is an escape. Liberty is the ability to choose. See, freedom is beautiful, man. I, I have it. I love it. I've been bound. So you start with bondage. And you get your freedom, that, I love it. But freedom without liberty will return you to bondage. Did you know that? Liberty is the ability to choose. The ability to carry choice, it's back to capacity. Do you see that? We've been, I have been hearing years and years of messages about freedom. I want financial freedom. Well, let's just play with that. That probably means you're in debt bondage or income bondage. You're working for money. And we pray and pray, God, give us freedom. Now, if we close our story gap, we could probably get that. But you realize if we close our story gap and get freedom but don't know how to manage choices, we will go right back into debt body of Christ has been stuck at step 1 and has created a cycle a pattern we keep going around and around the ability to choose or liberty is a big button turner on her that's a latin term okay <laughs> it's a big generator of power in your life think about, i mean i Oh, there's so many stories I could share. But let's just look back at my little illustration. This person right here did not have capacity. His triangle was broken. Can you see that? I'll put it in green. Here's his triangle, but it's broken on the bottom. You see that? That would mean he has a worth issue. You remember the triangle has three sides, protection, provision, and Worth. Where do you get worth issues? Well, you've probably been told by someone really important, like a father or a mother or a coach or who knows who. Somehow the information came as an idea. Here's a little dandelion seed. Do you know those little things? You pick them and, and they blow and they float. These are ideas and it's floating around. And that little seed says, you should be seen and not heard. You'll never amount to anything. You understand what I'm talking about. There's there's thousands of things that have been said over time and some of them may have landed. This person had an identity or a worth problem. Maybe maybe his break was somewhere else. Maybe he's fine on the worth. I'll close that, but I'm going to open a little hole right here on his protection site. He doesn't feel safe. So he protects himself. How do you do that financially? How do you protect yourself financially? That means God is not protecting you. You're protecting yourself. This is the context of what we're talking about. Where did you learn something like that? Well, you probably watched, and these are examples I find, a mother and a father arguing back when they were little and struggles or physical physical things happened back then and they realize they're dangerous. There's not enough money to come around. They're not safe. Now, this isn't a... I'm not qualified to go back and probe around and be a psycho, whatever, a psycho. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know that work, but I do know about money. And I do know that if I feel unsafe, I will work myself to death. Anybody have a friend that's ever done that? <laughs> we will sacrifice really important things for money like children or wives or husbands. or We will sabotage ourselves. We will sabotage things that matter more in order, per, in order to self-repair that side of the triangle. Do you see that? Yeah, I got time. I can go all night. <laughs> Protection, provision, and worth. So what's a provision problem? We never had enough. I couldn't get a job. Mom was I just had someone in a financial sozo and their mother was abandoned by her husband. This goes this was this is a woman I was working with, and she was probably in her 50s, beautiful gal, in her fifties, and her mother, when she was a little girl, her mother was abandoned by her husband. And so she had to raise her and her sister by herself. And there was never ever enough. And one day we were we were doing our sozo and I asked, we were we were asking God, what is the lie I believe? Great question. This is for you, was on the sheet. That was just a bunch of lies. A bunch of questions designed to sniff out a lie that got in there. And my role for her was different. I just asked her, what are you dealing with? What's the fruit look like in your life? She's wealthy, very wealthy, scared to death to spend a dime. It's ironic. She says, "I can give away money, but I cannot bring myself to buy myself new clothes." Wow. It's 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 a financial sozo issue. Well, I could use skill. I say, logic. Look at your wealth. Look how much you have. Here's your annual income. Here's your annual spend. Look, you have plenty of extra every month. You have permission, like a little budget, to go out and spend. That's a skills lesson. Do you hear that? Did you know that skills will never overcome a belief? That's why skills teachers in the area of money have brilliant answers and brilliant lessons and still we're in debt. We, You know, the average American cannot afford a $400 emergency in their life without going into debt. Did you know that? That's in a nation that the average American, whether or not they've finished college, doesn't matter. The average American earns around $2 million in their lifetime, and yet the average American's in debt. So how do you do that? Something's going on different than the mechanics of money. Skill will never trump belief. Bad word, sorry. Will never overcome belief. <laughs> I'm just trying to stay s- clear here, you know that I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't do that. Does that make sense? So here we are. What is this this lady? This was interesting. I said, where did you learn the lie? She goes, Oh, I know. We were in an environment that was bound and loosed. So, what came to her mind? I said, "Let's just trust it that that's the mind of Christ, the helmet of salvation. We've put on the armor of God, breastplate, whatever loins are. We got all that girded and shoes on, and right, everything's. We got our sword and our spirit. Now, let's just ask the Holy Spirit, what lie you're believing." And she was like, I, I don't have enough." Well, that's mathematically not true. We can prove that. But she believes it. So then ask the Holy Spirit where you learned that. Oh, I see it. Really, tell me. My mom, she just, she just was struggling, always struggled, never had enough. I said, picture the idea when it was planted. In other words, when the thing was set, can you see that seed? When that idea from mom was set into your heart, hit pause, don't let it fall in your heart yet, we're back remembering, we're asking the Holy Spirit. I said, what does the seed look like? You understand what I'm asking? Tell me what God says to you that that seed represents. And she saw it. She says, I know exactly what it is. Really? Really? What is it? She says, it's floppy bottom. It's soles flopping on my shoes when I walk. And pants with ragged holes in them. Oh, my goodness. I go, well, picture Father, Son, and Holy Spirit back when you learned the seed. Are you with me? I'm back in time. We're just remembering. But we're in a bound and loosed environment in my office. And I said... Close your eyes and repeat after me. I want you to do the same thing right now. Father God, God. would you come into the room room? and and show me where you are? Now, I want you to look around with your eyes closed and discern where you think Father God is, the Father himself. Just a couple moments. If he feels distant, I want you to ask him, Father God, would you come close? Yeah, say it. Yeah, Father God, would you come close? I want to ask you a question. Now, he should come closer. Now, some of you will not see God, God the Father. That is evidence of, an, of a gap in your triangle. These are all repairable. But what we just did is identify a problem with your capacity. Let's go a little farther. Let's get the rest in. I told the woman, repeat after me, and so you guys do it too. Jesus, the lover of my soul, you're my Savior. I ask you to come into the room, robes and crown. And show me where you are. And I want you to look around for real right now and find Jesus in the room. If he's he's not close, ask him to come closer. Get him right up next to you. Let him, if he will, let him sit beside you, just wedge his way in and knock you around, okay? Just boom, bam, just get in there. Father and son, I want you right here. Get him right on your lap or you get on their lap because he is real and you are not fragile. I told the woman, one more. we got to get one more people in here, one more person. That's the Holy Spirit. So repeat after me, and I want you to do it now. Holy Spirit, my comforter and teacher, would you come into the room? Would you show me where you are? I look around and find him. Whew. I want you to remember where they are. Hang on to that. But let's go back to the woman's story. This has just happened this past week. I said, ask Father God to tell you the answer to this question. She said, okay. Ask him, what does he say is true? You remember, she had a lie, and it was the floppy shoes and the ragged clothes. Do you remember that? And that was a planted little T when she was, I think she said, eight. Now, I'm saying, well, let's get Father God, the maker of heaven and earth. We sang about him tonight. And the train of his temple, train of his robes, Fill the temple. This is who we're asking. Who melts the mountains like wax. We're going to ask him this question. What do you say is true? And she, she says, oh my gosh. What? What is it? He showed me a picture of the Queen of England in her little red coat. And she's not exaggerated at all. She's just very classy and comfortable and she has authority. I said, oh my goodness. Repeat after me. Father, I forsake the lie. I ask you to remove it from my heart and shake it like a weed of all the soil of my heart. Throw that Lie like a weed on a fire, that it would completely burn it, it will never affect me again. It will never affect my family again. It won't affect my grandchildren for two generations. But where that lie used to be Father, plant what you say is true. Plant the truth of the gospel of peace about my protection and provision and my value in your eyes. I ask this in Jesus' name that this truth would grow roots. That it would grow mature and bear fruit, and that I would taste the good fruit when I leave this room today, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now for her, I said, so how do you feel? So I'm just going to ask in the room investigate has something shifted because when seeds that are bitter are removed you never leave it empty you always plant big tea in its place you with me when you do that exchange you ask god to bless it and seal it and cause it to bear fruit but remember we did it when she was little we were thinking back to when she was eight when this happened Do you remember that When it was easy to pull out, it wasn't trauma. There was no tears. There was no snot. She never once spun her head. Not one time. (laughs) If she did, I'd be like, we're done. But she's just calmly walking through, and that's the way you should feel with a financial sozo. Now, we just did a little practice. I set you up with a tool to think about, do I have evidence, like little whispers, of, oh, maybe I've got some work to do under protection. Or maybe I've got some weak spots in my triangle under provision. Who's my provider? Or possibly I have some worth identity struggles. Okay? What I want to leave you tonight, I'm I'm circling the airport, guys, so if you're tired, (laughs) just hang with me. What I want you to realize is I just handed you a financial sozo tool. You can use it and will use it every time you make a lap on the spiral staircase. Every time you come up on a situation when some little thing, like a little tea, comes out of your blender. Am I communicating? And it sticks on the wall and... You or your spouse or your pastor or somebody around you that loves you goes, what is that? We will not hide it or deny it. We will go, that was wrong. But Father, where did I learn that lie? Father God, Holy Spirit, and our beautiful Savior Jesus, get them around you. The proximity is important. And specifically look, my final point, specifically look for your Father in heaven. Because there is the enemy of our souls and he is an orphan. He was orphaned out of heaven and he is, my observation, from traveling a bunch of places for the last 20 years, there is a epidemic of orphan thinking in the body of Christ. It is viral, and it's because the devil has strategically been assaulting our identity for generations. Can you not see it in the headlines of today's newspapers? Do we still read newspapers? Uh, Online, right? It's a continual assault even against our gender. Right? This is a, this I believe is the enemy's most potent weapon against the body of Christ is to cripple our identity in Christ. And if he can cripple that, he breaks that bottom side of the triangle and it makes us incapable of carrying. Last scene here, you see this little picture I drew? This person right here figured out how to build his capacity. That means that when increase came, it came along up here, and the blender went off. He was tested. You see that right there? But he managed to carry because he's faithful. When God sees someone who's faithful, there are verses that promise us that he is faithful. Able to be faithful with much. God is a rewarder of those who seek Him. But if God gives you a reward, He's just turning on your blender and you've got another test. This is the spiral staircase. Can you see it? If you are faithful, God's watching, He's excited to bless and increase. But every time he does, we've got a new test on our hands. This this green line is a glory-to-glory illustration. That's a kingdom that knows no decrease, but is going to test our capacity. The body of Christ, I believe our job is to figure out how to be faithful in little. This is our gig right here. God's in charge of the increases. We're in charge of the faithful and little. I'm going to send you guys home with a little blessing. You're going to sleep like little bugs in a rug. You're going to come back tomorrow night, and we're going to build on the mechanical side of a financial sozo. Financial sozo has two parts, spiritual side and a practical side. So I'm going to teach you guys some really cool secrets that you probably haven't heard from contemporary sources. All right? Put your hand on your heart. Father, right now, I bless this heart. Every heart in here, I bless it in Jesus' name. You are safe. You are loved. You are protected. God knows what you need. You're not the exception. exception. I speak peace over you tonight tonight, that your sleep would be sweet sweet. unharassed by evil. evil. And I I bless you with this tool and the ferocity to fight into freedom, freedom. and into liberty. liberty. I I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.